0: Hello everyone, thanks for checking out this week's episode of Then and Now. I'm your host Brandon Hodnett and today I'm joined by Bill Schmidt from the class of 1976. I had the chance to speak with his father Marshall from the class of 1947 in our previous episode. Bill was a second generation tennis player at Swarthmore and his daughter Abby from the class of 2016 continued the tradition into the third generation. Bill was a part of three Middle Atlantic championship winning teams while majoring in history at Swarthmore. He is currently a senior VP for RBC Wealth Management in Philadelphia. Bill, thanks for taking the time to talk with me today on Then and Now. Sure. Um, Bill, first off, um, I want to talk about your connection to Swarthmore. I know uh, your family has you know deep ties to Swarthmore. Can you kind of get into a little bit about all of the Swarthmore connections
1: before you and after you? Before me, it's uh, both my parents went there. My, uh, my two maternal grandparents went there and my great grandmother on my mother's side went there. And um, my sister went there and you know, a fistful of cousins were there. I had two cousins, uh, not first cousins, but cousins were there at the same time I was there too. And my daughter um, went there as well. She was fifth generation and graduated in 2016. So we go from the 1890s to 2016. Wow. And and my my grandmother served on the board for a long time, and my father was on the board for a while, and we're always involved in alumni mm-hmm. affairs. So it's uh, runs deep. And did you grow up in right near Swarthmore too? Right. Well, when I was, uh, we, I, we grew up, I grew up in Swarthmore. We moved uh, from Swarthmore to Princeton after my uh, finished seventh grade. And then we've been in the Princeton, we were in the Princeton area okay. uh, from that point on, but uh, remained close to Swarthmore. And actually it probably made it easier for me to decide to go there since I hadn't spent my whole childhood in Swarthmore. So that was, that was good.
0: So, so you weren't tired of the area when you came back for college? No,
1: yeah, I was. You know, I was familiar enough with it that it was it was good, but I wasn't. Uh, I didn't have Swarthmore exhaustion or anything. Gotcha.
0: Now, g- growing up, what kind of stories would your parents tell you about Swarthmore? Any of them stick out to you?
1: You know, they don't. Nothing really sticks out to me, but it just was. It was kind of always a constant presence that. Uh, you know, between my parents and my, my grandparents, it just was, you just always, you know, Swarthmore was just a part of everybody's uh, DNA. Mm. And um, so, and, and, and the other thing for me, I had gotten to know the tennis coach through the summer tennis programs up in Princeton. He came up and, and worked with the, the, some of the better players. So part of what drew me to Swarthmore was having an opportunity to play for coach Colin. Um, and that was, that was, I think probably tipped the scales uh, for me to go to Swarthmore. I didn't apply to, to I only applied one other place, but uh, so, you know, when, when you, when you kind of know you have a safety school in your hip pocket, you don't have to apply to a lot of places. Yeah. Uh, and, and the irony is, is it turns out I was at best a marginal Player, I I played. I didn't play my senior year. I played my first three years and was mostly a doubles player. I didn't play much singles at all. And, and as the team got better over the years, my my participation shrank somewhat. But uh, it was very close with all the players. We had a we had a good bunch there, and it was uh, it was one of the highlights of 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 going to school there. It was just the the friendships I created with all the all the tennis players yeah one of whom actually i went to high school with too so we played uh, with michelle Glushevitz, we we played uh together at princeton high school and then played together at swathmore as well mm. so it was it was good and when we played against haverford one year i think there were two of us from our high school team um at Swarthmore, and I think there were one or there were two from our high school team playing for Haverford, so it was like a mini high school reunion. <laughs> That's interesting. But it was it was fun. Nice. I enjoyed it, and my roommate. Uh, and it was one of those chance pairings, but my roommate and I roomed together three years. He graduated in three years, talking about being one of the bright ones, uh, and he was uh, he was also on the team, so you know that was a good connection as well and, and he and I have remained very close uh to this day so it was uh tennis was a big part of what I enjoyed most about uh, going to Swarthmore and the friendships I think more than anything else
0: what was what was coach Cullen like do you have any uh rem- memories of you know what are your memories of him what are some stories of coach Cullen
1: well, it, you know, I know this is being recorded. By the end of my time there, I was not one of his favorite players, nor was he one of my favorite coaches. But uh, my guess is that I was probably um, probably a little bit difficult to handle. So, um, and 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 being a marginal uh, member of the team, it was you know, my happiness was not of. Uh, terribly concerning to him what what i i will give him a lot of credit is that he you know he really was the first uh to start actively recruiting and i thought he did a wonderful job and and actually it was it was counterproductive for me because the more the, the better he he recruited the uh the farther down the ladder i dropped but uh you know, was, he had a pipeline into Florida with Alan Patrine and Bob Mack and Barry Aidman and, and Andy Gladstein and, and others, and, um, and they were all good players. They were all um, capable academically, and uh, so by time, and, and, and he recruited, he, he, was, he was an excellent recruiter, but he, I, in, I think in all of our opinions, he recruited the right kind of people. Uh, Larry Davidson's another one from the New York area who ended up being our number one and, and, uh, um, uh, was an all American on the 77 team. And if I can make a shameless plug, this, the 77 team needs to get into the hall of fame there and they won the, they won the NCAAs and, and I think two or th- I think three members of that team are, uh, were. Division three all-Americans, and so it's, I think it's a long overdue thing. But I think uh, I think it will happen sooner rather than later. Absolutely. But, uh, so, so he was focused on improving the program, and I think he did it in the right way. Uh, he 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 brought in people that were academically uh, suited to Swarthmore and also tremendous tennis talents as well. Hmm. And I, I'm not sure how long he stayed there after I graduated. I didn't really pay that much attention to it. And then, of course, uh, uh, Mike Mullen came in and was there forever. So uh, there've been, you know, it went from Faulkner to to Cullen to Mullen. And that's probably spans a seventy or eighty year yeah. uh, time frame. So there's there's and now Coach Box, who I think's off to a good start. But. Mm-hmm. So there's tremendous continuity there. And, uh, you know, I think Swarthmore, I think tennis is the kind of sport where you can recruit the type of student athlete that fits in at Swarthmore, but also is, is you know, a talented tennis player as well. Um, what what did you study while you were at Swarthmore? Well, it's um, mostly history and political science. I, I thought I'd be an economics major till I took intro to econ and realized that I was probably the weakest person in the in the classroom Uh, but I always had a love of history and political science and um, I really I didn't pick a major till my the beginning of my senior year and and, um, for history you had to write a thesis and for political science you had to do oral exams so I I thought a thesis was much more suited for for me Uh, so I was a history major.
0: What were some What were some of your favorite courses or you know professors you studied?
1: Well, um, I focused mostly on American history, and so uh, Bob Bannister and Jerry Wood were the two professors at that time, and and um, Jim Fields was another one who, who I I took every course he offered. I thought he was fantastic. He he was the only professor where I would sit in the front row as opposed to the the back row because he would. Sometimes make um, uh, just side comments that really didn't pertain to his lecture, but kind of a humorous anecdote or something like that. And he would tend to say them in a quieter voice. So I wanted to be sure I heard them, so I, I was closer to the front. But I think I took probably every course those three those three professors offered,
0: hmm.
1: pretty consistently.
0: Yeah. What what was it like being a Swarthmore student in the 70s? What was the what was the campus environment like?
1: Well, I think it was uh, well, we all had long hair for starters, and and uh, uh, you know on campus it didn't seem out of the ordinary to have long hair, but I do remember vividly when we went up to play West Point one year. Mm. uh walking and this was you know the Vietnam War was still going on at that time and, and walking through their huge dining hall to go to a private dining room in the back and there's you know 10 of us with with long hair and and a couple thousand of them with crew cuts it 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 felt a little awkward and uh kind of the same way at um at the naval academy but not quite as much but uh it it was, it was, I think it was a little radical. It was, um, but you know, I fit right in. So it, it felt right for me. That's good. I've, and, and, you know, the interesting thing with, with coach Colin, he came here uh, from West Point. So I think it was a little bit of an adjustment for him as well. Uh, I, I think I remember that we were asked to wear ties when we went on road trips and uh, I think a fair amount of us took our headbands and fashioned them into bow ties, which uh, did not please him too too much. But uh, he got used to it. I think came to accept that you you can't uh, you can't really bend the Swarthmore student too far, and you have to kind of accept uh, the way they are.
0: True. Um, that's fun. So I know you said you played, um, you know, played against Army and against Navy. Um, you know, looking back at some of the other schools you played, I know there were you know, regularly games against Penn, I think, and like there was the competition seemed like it was pretty strong.
1: It was strong and, and Coach Cullen did a lot to, <clears throat> to upgrade the schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took a spring trip every year and went down through the South and played Virginia and, and UNC and uh, for instance, one year, I think it was my my last year on the team. No, it must have been my sophomore year. But we played UNC, and, and, you know, the number six player who I played had been the number one junior in the country the year before. And, you know, there's me walking out on the court with this guy, and I knew I was going to get absolutely smoked. And um, But I, I won the first game, and I was starting to really feel – Less worried about getting killed, and then lost the next twelve games in about fifteen minutes. <laughs> um, but you know, the competition—you um, know on the Southern trip, it was it was just really strong, strong competition. And then I think during the season, uh, Colin over the years uh, upgraded the the competition, which was good, and I think that helped him in recruiting too to show the recruits that they played a, a legitimate schedule. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, After after Swarthmore, where did life take you after that?
1: Uh, It took me first up to uh, New England, where I I worked uh, for uh, uh, Mark Harmeling, who had been uh, actually the first real recruit. He graduated in 74, played number one for us. And uh, he was working at a, one of the nice clubs outside of Boston. So I worked with him for a year. And then, then I, I ran, worked at and ran an indoor tennis center for, for two years. And, and then um, after that, got into the investment business. And I've been doing that ever since. So I've been in the Philadelphia area since uh, the late 19, 1978, I guess. All right, let me ask this first what um do you still play tennis at all does it I did up until a couple of years ago I've got some problems with uh, my feet and my legs that uh, preclude me from playing but up until a couple of years ago I was still playing a lot yeah and
0: and what would you say was your favorite part about playing tennis you know throughout
1: your life I always enjoyed doubles more than singles and um, at Swarthmore, I played, uh, you know, Alan Patrine, who was our number one at one point. He was my doubles partner. I, I, I always seem to uh, seek out uh, significantly stronger players for partners. That's that's always been my key to success. I played, in um, fact, Larry Davidson and I still kid about it, uh, we played, uh, and I think I can't remember if it was a... a tournament or a match or whatever but I told him before we started that he was going to take every overhead that I wasn't even going to wasn't even going to look at it and I played uh, one year with Bob Mack who was uh, not your prototypical doubles player but he was left-handed I was left-handed and and we kind of befuddled the uh, the opponents to a certain extent because no one's used to playing against uh, two left-handers on the court at the same time so that was that was fun. I, I I always like I said I always enjoyed doubles and and being um, on the you know a marginal player you know doubles was all I was going to play so it was it was a good fit for me.
0: Yeah, I, I love playing doubles personally. Did Did you like playing up at the net or would you or did you prefer playing back or?
1: Oh, I I uh, much preferred the net. I I don't like running around that much. So <laughs> if I could get up to the net and just have them hit it to me, I'd much happier with that. Yeah, and uh, I had a decent volley, not a not a great overhead, but like I said, I would let my partner take care of the overhead. So,
0: Bill, kind of in summary, what what has Swarthmore meant to you? And, and you know, maybe maybe this has changed throughout various stages of your life, but you know, if you could kind of summarize it, what has Swarthmore meant to you? I think the
1: the the two things. Uh, that have have had the biggest impact on me are just the friendships. Um, I'm I'm still so close with my roommate. I'm still co- so close with my tennis friends. I'm I'm close with um, with other roommates uh, over the years. I mean, one year I lived down at the lodges, and boy, that was a that was tough. Five guys sharing one bathroom is <laughs> it should not be allowed at any point. Um, but the other thing I think the it's when You learn how to think, and um, and that's always carry with me. If if you prepare and think, and uh, there's you can you can hopefully achieve pretty much anything you want to try to achieve. Um, and it, it I'm I'm so happy that I went there. And and the irony, of course, for me is that uh, you know the tennis didn't work out as I thought it would, but I'm still thrilled that I went there. So. And I'm, I'm glad I played three years. I'm equally as glad I didn't play the fourth year, but uh, it, it was it was just a to me it was a very happy experience. I mean the work was, you know, I, you, you work your tail off there, but uh, it's it, and that's the other thing too. Maybe is it it's worth when you learn how to work, and uh, and you learn how to think, and they've stayed with me throughout.
0: It's a really good takeaway. Um, Bill, are there, are there any other thoughts or stories that you want to share before we wrap <laughs> things
1: up? I think most of the stories I, I shouldn't share. Some <laughs> trips, some years we had a lot of fun, uh, off the court, but uh, we'll leave it at that. Um, and, uh, but, but, you know, I guess one of the other things, you know, with the family connection, there was never any pressure on me to go to Swarthmore and there was, I never put any pressure on my daughter to go there. And she actually uh, went elsewhere for her freshman year, and then and had been accepted as Hawthorne didn't go, and then applied again to transfer, and came in. So uh, you know it's interesting that it's kind of in our in our genetics, but uh, you're not you're not pushed too hard, and and uh, particularly in my case since I was not a a classic scholar uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm wondering if my parents had concerns about me making the cut there. But uh, it was, and, and at graduation, you know, we just lined up randomly to go into the amphitheater and I was right near the end and I saw my mother and um, I told her that, that we were lined up by class rank and uh, which wasn't true, but she, she for a minute was a little bit concerned about that, but that, that worked out fine. So, but I loved it and, and uh, I'm, I'm grateful that I had an opportunity to go there.
0: Well, Bill, thank you so much for talking with me today.
1: Well, uh, I'm happy to do it. I, I uh, you know, I've got, the, well, look, I got my Swarthmore keychain chain on, so I'm, I'm still wearing the colors, so very happy to do it.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Swarthmore Athletics Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, leave us a five-star review, and share it with your friends.